Welcome to Scandal.K12.us. Our Scandal K-12 curriculum is a true crime comedy podcast about bamboozling boards, sneaky superintendents, lame learning products, and teachers who are way too cool for school. This curriculum may contain references and potential descriptions of crimes against minors in the field of education. Listener discretion is always advised. And now, time for morning announcements. Good morning, Scandal K-12 students, home of the Fighting Rats. Go Rats! For this announcement, we're going to look at school tax allocation for lines items A through F. Just kidding. Today we're going to be looking at social media and things like the TikTok challenges and the usual bomb threats that have been closing schools as they try to reopen in a very, very special episode we're calling Click Licking. (laughs) According to a staff writer at the Georgetown University Center for Social Impact Communication, oh, that is a whole lot of words for saying that you just study stuff. Anyway... The Georgetown University Center for Social Impact Communication says the benefits of social media in the education process doesn't have to stop at the teacher-student relationship. There are a lot of other benefits that can be extracted from the use of social networking at higher levels as well. For example, principals or administrators can find a new way to integrate social media, like sharing school news via social networks, holding online meetings with parents, or even starting fundraising for different projects using online platforms. Another way to use social media appears to be a plan an attack on your school, bully your fellow students literally to death, or be inspired to film yourself vandalizing a bathroom or slapping a teacher. But before we get into our stories, let's get a little context. The U.S. Department of Education, 2012, defines social media as, quote, Forms of communication, either internet or text-based that support social interactions of individuals. Page 5. Nearly all youth and a majority of adults use social media. In 2012, 90% of 13 to 17-year-olds reported using some form of social media, about 70% of adults use social media regularly, and about half of people in between that. We know today that after two decades of internet connectivity and the rise of social media, that society has not seen all those, well, quote, benefits of social media in the education process. Rather, there seems to be a steady stream of examples of social media having negative impacts on school culture, learning outcomes, and non-legal student-teacher relationships. Some of these dire warnings about student social media that are promoted in the other media may itself remind our older students of that satanic panic of the 1980s when the media whipped up society into believing that devil-worshipping cults were under every rock. Other social media warnings, again from, I guess, the other media, sound like conspiracy theories. Conspiracies about how social media is promoting hate for profit, is owned by communists and thugs, is being used by spy agencies to track dissent and target activists until we discovered that these conspiracy theories are true since recent leaks by a Facebook executive may prove that that particular platform and maybe others are bad for democracy, that TikTok is owned literally by the Communist Party of China and the Mossad, CIA, and MI5 use Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to monitor their citizens and punish activists. 
makes you wonder uh, what other conspiracy theories might be true. Anywho, let's start our journey with the People's Republic of China's darling TikTok and how this platform is not just showcasing your tween daughter dancing around in her underwear, but is using some of the most advanced technology to highlight some of the best students that have to offer our school communities. According to Wikipedia, the trend originated on September 1st, 2021. Yes, Wikipedia is fast about posting things. Anyway, after September 1st, 2021, a TikTok user posted a video showing a box of disposable masks they claimed to have stolen from school with the caption, quote, a month into school, devious lick. Similar videos with the term devious lick soon flooded the platform with students stealing items from restrooms such as soap and paper towel dispensers, toilet paper roll shields, urinal sinks, mirrors, and floor and ceiling tiles. According to Wikipedia, itself a semi-anonymously accumulated information site, the Daily Show host Trevor Noah joked that, quote, when the U.S. government said you can't trust TikTok because it's a Chinese plot, I won't lie, I didn't believe it. But now I'm starting to see it, because China's figured it out. You don't need to fight the country. You just need to convince Americans to go viral, and they'll just destroy themselves. Close quote. Others in media have said that it's nothing more than adult hysteria over the antics of children who typically engage in such actions such as vandalism, assault, involuntary manslaughter, and domestic terrorism. You know, teenage hijinks. Older critics of this media hand-wringing hype over this latest version of social media Project Mayhem claims it resembles this satanic panic, as we have said, inspired by a backlash to dwindling church attendance and a rise of role-playing games. Younger Gen X critics say it seems like the parental advisory label movement and backlash against violent video games while even younger critics say this fixation on the evils of TikTok compares it to a tweet, Constable Frozen Milkshake, ducked for being horny on Maine, is 2017's Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. While coverage of Devious Licks has reached uh, media saturation, it seems to have inspired at least a few students to take their dumb brain not formed at the moment and place it on the World Wide Web. According to Distractify, the Aussie of media, minus the whole fake YouTube executive scandal, the stealing something from school challenge was only the beginning, and that teachers and administrators should look to resign en masse before the student antics ratchet up. What's more, every month we'll have a separate school challenge for teachers to worry about. According to the perhaps written by Artificial Intelligence Distractify media story, a list of licks challenges has been, quote, circulating online, perhaps all over the online or maybe just in one online Distractify article. We're not exactly sure. Here's a preview of what you have to look forward to from your students in your school. September, well, that's over. So vandalize school bathrooms. October, smack a teacher. We're not sure whether that really happened. November's not quite over, so it's called Rate Your School 10 Stars on GreatSchools.com, putting unrealistic expectations for college and career success. December is present at your school board the need to ban the books 1984 and Brave New World because they're triggering. In January... HGTV your school and make it all open concept. Okay, some of these challenges may not be those that are circulating on Distractify, but you get the idea. Let's examine the impact of this media trend. 
In an article on CNN, The Devious Licks of the Fifth Estate, schools everywhere are having to react. In an article titled, quote, The Devious Licks TikTok Challenge of Students Stealing Toilets and Vandalizing Bathrooms, CNN led with a statement from TikTok's potentially communist spokesperson, quote, We expect our community to stay safe and create responsibility. We do not allow content that promotes or enables criminal activities. We're removing this content and redirecting hashtags and search results to our community guidelines to discourage such behavior. Wow, Chairman Mao, relax. CNN then went on to quote concerned administrators, teachers, and give a few tips on what parents can do to avoid this disturbing trend, all without giving any exact examples of actual bathrooms being vandalized by students, specifically due to the Devious Licks Challenge. Come on at CNN. Your network story of a man who died while train surfing gave the exact cause of death, the exact location, and the exact time, down to the minute. Meanwhile, the best you have on our nation's kids turning their toilets, flipping them upside down like messed up alligators attacking smaller alligators, and the, the best you can give us is a, quote, copious catalog of devious lick videos. We did a little more research and turned to CBS Minnesota for some clear examples of this trend of destroying schools nationwide. According to that news outlet, schools in the area are responding to the crisis. One school says it is, quote, temporarily locking student bathrooms during class time, although staff bathrooms will remain open for use. The only time student bathrooms will be open is briefly before and after school, during passing time and lunch. During lunch, however, staffers will be posted outside the bathrooms, making sure that no one walks off with a trophy mirror or urinal. I feel very sorry for those teachers who draw the short straw and have to stand outside of a school bathroom. Administrators in another school are boosting staff supervision and adding hallway cameras after soap dispensers were plundered from the bathroom walls. Not that this scandal K12.us educator ever saw many soap dispensers and bathrooms in the schools that we ever visited in Texas or Alabama or Florida or Georgia or Virginia or New England or the Eastern Seaboard or much of the United States, where most of the bathrooms we witnessed were in terrible disarray, missing ceiling tiles, floor tiles, soap dispensers, sometimes toilet seats, and urinals often had duct tape covering them in a big X to say, don't pee here. But this, uh, our team of educators were not to all schools, so we're sure that there are some soap dispensers still yet to be out there in danger of being licked. <laughs> Many teachers have said they don't see this level of vandalism in the school last year. Many critics, however, claim that during the COVID emergency, well, students were not in school last year, and that this return to school may also be a return to childish pranks as students navigate a very difficult year and a strange new activity by students of going to an actual school. We here at Scandal.K12.us have attempted to understand this new trend, and while it seems very real, at least one teacher so far was actually slapped as part of this monthly challenge, there's no solid evidence that Devious Licks is turning your child into a pod person. We turned to one student we know, Wayland, and interviewed him on our behalf. Well, actually, his mother interviewed him on our behalf. By her, it, She's actually our only listener in Pennsylvania. Wayland claims that he, quote, thinks it's funny. 
which is perhaps what a lot of students think when their friends snag more toilet paper than you're legally entitled to from the boys' or girls' room or write yuck-foo and permanent marker on the stall door. It's just funny. It's dumb. Well, this is a developing story, so we will check back on how many sinks, urinals, toilets, flow valves, soap dispensers, coat hooks, or mirrors have become trophies in future episodes. We're only going to count verifiable instances, since in one case, a child claimed to have stolen a microscope from science class and posted a video, but the the student actually took his own microscope to class and then filmed him taking it home as if he stole it, which got him in trouble, (laughs) which makes him a dumbass. No, we're not going to count dumbasses. If we did count dumbasses, we'd be here all day. Now that we're on the whole social media thing, let's turn our attention from TikTok to more traditional forms of media like Snap, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, ZipperCat, Clang, Bang Bang, or whatever social media platforms are out there. It seems that shutting down bathrooms is only the start. Some students want to close entire schools. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, a Lake Zurich high school student has been taken into custody after social media posts threatening violence initiated a class-blocking lockdown. The school was initially placed on a, quote, soft lockdown after a shell casing was found on the campus. We're not sure what a soft lockdown is. Do you partially hide under your desk and the teacher half-assedly locks the door? Is it a flaccid lockdown? But anyway, upon the school lifting this soft lockdown, the school officials got notified that the student made a threat on social media they believed was, quote, imminent. Upon reviewing this social media post, the school got a rock-hard lockdown. From a rock-hard lockdown, administrators called police who apparently apprehended the student. While the student had been collared and confined, Lake Zurich High School remained in rock-hard lockdown for over three hours before the sweet, sweet release of students at the end of the school day. Meanwhile, in Florida, a student has been arrested after he allegedly threatened a shooting at South Broward High School in social media posts. The 15-year-old student appeared in juvenile court to face a charge of written threat to kill or shoot up a school. A judge gave him 21 days of detention and ordered him to stay off social media. Officials at the Broward County School said numerous students made them aware of the threats which had been circulating on social media for some time. Broward is, of course, no stranger to threats to their schools since it is the county that endured the 2018 Stoneman Douglas High School massacre, and it is very understandable why they'd strongly, strongly react to threats on social media. But not to be outdone by this... Three 12-year-olds in Pembroke Pines, also in Broward County, decided to close down their school and maybe spend some time at an old-fashioned reform school using Snapchat to discuss their antics. According to Local10.com, the localest 10 Florida has, school administrators were alerted to threatening messages on Snapchat since apparently they should have ensured these messages were in vanish mode. We mean... Isn't that the whole point of Snapchat messages, that they they just vanish after a little while? According to media sources, Principal Steve Fraser notified parents about the incident Monday morning, quote, I want to remind all of our students and families how seriously any and all threats are taken, Fraser wrote in an email to parents. Parents, please speak with your children to remind them that any threat, even if they think it's a joke, will result in tough consequences. School safety is all of our responsibility. If you see something, please say something. 
According to Local10.com, parents whose students attended the school were, quote, shocked to learn of the arrests. Quote, it is crazy, said one parent, who may have been wandering around the original pancake house, which is just down the street from the school. Quote, they need to take this situation very seriously, the parent said, perhaps chewing a mouthful of pancakes in the hot Florida sun in the original pancake house, which is literally a walking distance away from the school. All three students, two boys and a girl, face second-degree felony charges for making a written threat to do bodily harm or commit an act of terrorism. One student, who seems to particularly not know how to use Snapchat, faces an additional second-degree felony charge for conspiracy to commit a criminal offense. Quote, Whether written as a joke or a prank, all threats made against our schools will be taken seriously, a statement from the Pembroke Pines Police Department read. Threats this nature are severe offenses, and any individual who has committed such acts will be charged accordingly. Almost six miles away, or four hours in Florida traffic, is Charles W. Flanagan High School. It appears that students there wanted in on this, Hey, I'm arrested for threats I made on social media action. Named after a former mayor of Pembroke Pines, Florida, an alma mater of Ramalte, Mumbai, an American Idol contestant 2007, it is also in the news due to the latest threat to the safety of the students. Local police said that they received an anonymous tip on Monday regarding an online threat of a potential shooting at Flanagan High and were not at all just regularly trolling teens online. According to Miami CBS Local, more local than local10.com for online news, some people say, police officers said to dig through piles of teen social media to find the pin of teen existential threat. Between viewing milk crate challenges and teens giggling about their bikinis and the occasional food porn, investigators found an Instagram post with a text threatening to, quote, terrorize Flanagan High. The police department's threat assessment team and school resource officers identified a 16-year-old Flanagan High School student allegedly behind the post we will call Beavis in order to protect his or her identity. Beavis was taken into custody and charged with second-degree felonies for making a written threat to do bodily and for knowingly causing the disruption of an educational institution. The threat assessment team, after just a few more Instagram videos of dancing teens and shots of amazing pets, then identified and arrested another Flanagan student, a 15-year-old we will call Butthead, in order to protect his or her identity. As with Beavis, Butthead is facing the same charges of making a written threat to do bodily and for knowingly causing the disruption of an educational institution. The department is urging all parents to please take this moment to speak with your children as to severe consequences. Didn't we just cover this in the last story? I think we did. So we're going to skip it. The threat assessment team also said their favorite songs are by Rihanna or Taylor Swift. And if anyone in the high school community would like to dance or have anyone over, say at the beach or... Send them some pictures of beach attire. Or just ping them and make sure that they're... Just let them know what the hashtags are on your inter Instagram post. And the, the public safety threat assessment team will make sure that your post goes viral. Not everything happens in Florida. Not everything is on Instagram or Snapchat. Some things are still on old-fashioned Facebook, as is the case in a, one school in North Carolina. A Facebook post by Ashley High School's Facebook poster people stated that all students were safe and accounted for and that the lockdown was over, which is ironic since it was a post on Facebook that sent the school into lockdown in the first place. The lockdown at Ashley High School broke in the news on local radio stations Z1075's Facebook when someone alerted them due to a post noting a student with a gun on campus that was reported to the local sheriff. 
Z1075's Facebook post got a lot of response from a speculative nature from the I'm not on Facebook all day community with one daytime Facebook user claiming, quote, schools in southern New Hanover County have all been put on lockdown due to a person walking around the school with a rifle. These schools are just south of the Monkey Junction area. (laughs) Monkey Junction area? Are you kidding us? No. Apparently, that is a real place and home to Monkey Junction Self-Storage, Monkey Junction Pit Stop, and the Monkey Market, an establishment that gets 4.8 out of 5 stars on Google Reviews with over 40 reviews. One reviewer even went on to claim, quote, A great experience every time and incredibly convenient. The owner and staff are top caliber people with great attitudes and smiles regardless of when you show up. Not only is this store revolutionary in the way of true convenience is done, but the service and manner in which they do business serves as a shining example of the way a business should be run with old-fashioned customer service at the forefront. If you haven't shopped here yet, why haven't you? Wait, where were we? Oh, wait, school lockdown close to Monkey Junction. Monkey Junction. Anyway, right. So there was a school on lockdown due to a rifle on campus being discussed on social media. According to the Facebook reporters on the Z1075 story thread, the issue was actually not on campus at all. Quote, the man wasn't at the school. The man was walking down the river road with a rifle. He wasn't actually on campus. It was then reported by an additional anonymous reporter that the campus was restored since the rifle in question was actually held by a junior ROTC member and was purely ceremonial. We here at Scandal.K12.us then realized in our research that, uh, well, this Facebook post was from nine years ago, and we were attempting to research a story from this year, but that's cool. Do it, but, uh, I mean, Monkey Junction. You can't pass that up. And we'd written the copy, so there it goes. According to Syracuse.com, several central New York schools were targets of a social media threat that warned of shootings in school buildings, but police determined the threat to be not credible. Wait, something said on social media was not credible? You mean we can't trust memes or shitposting or that article your cousin's boyfriend's brother's stepmom's nephew's roommate's dog told them to send you? Unfortunately, the threat was not just directed at Onondaga, Cayuga, Cortland, Madison, or Oswego counties, but at schools nationwide. Yeah, central New York, you haven't been worth threatening since the United Community Cult. Nevertheless, Oneida City School superintendents told parents the district learned of a threatening message circulating on social media regarding Otto Shortell Middle School in Wampsville. Yep, Otto Shortell. We know he wasn't a Confederate general since this is New York State, but we cannot research into who this was so we can make a dumb joke at his expense. But we did in the process find that in 2013, students at the school's released trout into the wild, which is uh, sort of funny. Okay, not that funny. Now, Wampsville, (laughs) were we willing to do the work? I'm sure there'd be some jokes there. According to a Snapcast post, there was to be an incident at more than one school that would have included administrators and students. According to the news source, parents on social media say they are worried. But those same parents, remember, are also posting on social media things like their dinner, pictures of a car parked at Walmart, and locations of police DWI checkpoints. So take those worries and those posts with a grain of salt. Schenectady police reported that the source of one of the threats was identified as a, quote, local student. 
Police said the source of the threat had been modified from content appearing in a TikTok video and that the student created a fake account and modified a threat template to appear as it was directed at Schenectady. The police go on, and we will quote directly, to say, quote, None of it was original content. Who? They burned you, Corey. Not original at all. Like the student copied and pasted a scary story from another source who may have themselves gotten it from yet another source and just copied and pasted it. Like the repost of a repost of a creepy story. Like a creepy poster of some sort. If there was only a name for people who reposted, recopied creepy stories from the internet. <laughs> not original at all, Corey. It could not be immediately determined, according to the news outlet, if the Schenectady youth was the source of the threat that spread to schools and other areas, or if he could be described as a, wait for it, slender man. As always, we would like to thank our supporters, especially Joe. I know you've been listening to every episode, Joe, and I also know that you don't support me on Patreon, but that's okay, Joe. I think you can buy the staff here at scandal.k12.us a beer or two. We thank our contributors on Freesound and we'll list our contributors in the show notes page. At the time of this recording, and I know we said it before, we are still really behind on our homework on that page since... Well, there's been so many educational meetings. We think that the majority of work in administering education is done between August and Thanksgiving. We mean seriously, this season has been packed. Nevertheless, we have ironed out the scandal.k12.us budget, had several community town halls, and passed a resolution to hold a committee meeting to convene a study that will follow concerns for five years and then report out the findings. That being said, we're switching, albeit temporarily, to a two-week release schedule for the remainder of the year. Since we're a small school, we cannot commit to a release day, so check out our website like 800 times a day, since it will also help us drive up our numbers. Also, if you can, support us on Patreon, but you're, um, you're not getting anything in return other than warm, fuzzy feelings, since we just don't right now have the bandwidth for any trinkets or cozies or additional things to give you and, and even bonus content. We're sorry. Nevertheless, we do thank you. If you have a story about education, you want, just drop us a line. Reach out via our email at scandal k12us at gmail.com or you can always leave a message at 518-945-8553 or open up the old hellhole of Twitter and visit us at at scandalus. We'd like to say that you could buy a sticker or something. We really do want to sell the stickers we did make, but we don't have a store on the website at the moment, so we'll get there. So we'd like to say it's good to stay in school for your entire life. And we hope you keep safe and stay scandal-free. <laughs>